This is lesson from Try This at Home. We know you don't flunk out of parenting on purpose, but most of us will at one time or another. Today, we're discussing some of our own landmark parenting fails and how to get rid of that guilt that always ensues. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and listen in. When your day goes south, or your relationship gets salty, you need tools that will turn it around. With decades of experience and a variety of perspectives between them, Leslie Sleesman and Leslin Kantner bring you tips and tricks for solving problems, increasing happiness, and creating your best life. Together, they're sharing ideas you can take home and try. Each week, their discussion will zero in on one idea, one technique, or one activity that has the potential to make your life a little better. And now, here is Leslie and Leslin with Try This at Home. Hi, Leslin. Hello, Leslie. I hope you are ready to talk for six hours about my parenting film. <laughs> oh, man, couldn't we all? And let me just tell you, I have about triple the years of parenting on you. <laughs> Uh, my kids range from 23 to 36, and um, I, I, I could probably talk for four days. <laughs> That's very comforting. <laughs> yeah, no, it probably doesn't feel comforting knowing that you're going to keep screwing we'll it keep up. Screwing up. I think I've I've resolved myself to that a long time ago, actually. You know, when my daughter-in-law was pregnant with my grandson, I said to her, "One thing you need to keep in mind is you will." screw this up yes you know you will make a mazillion a mazillion mistake of course <laughs> a gazillion mistakes <laughs> um because that's because no a nobody's perfect right b you don't know what you don't know right c even if you have two or three kids you don't have that kid yet <laughs> right amen and in <laughs> life changes along the way we can't possibly anticipate all of the things that are going to shift between now and the time that your kid is an adult. Yeah. So I'll, I'll start off with, with my latest thing. When you said you don't have that kid yet, boy, mm -hmm. boy, is that true? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I have three kids, two of them love to read and one of them hates it. Mm. Tells me he hates books. My youngest hates books, hates to read. Oh, and we're at Barnes and Noble. What book do you want? Mommy will buy you any book you want. I don't want a book. I hate books. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. My older two, I thought, I mean, I was like such a good parent. Mm -hmm. I never let my older two read like comic books for reading time. <laughs> I mean, geez Louise, I'm not, you know, an idiot. Um, they had to read like real books mm -hmm. with, you know, real chapters and mm -hmm. things like that. And then along came Owen, and I'm like, Mommy, I'll buy you a comic book. Do you want to read a comic book? <laughs> like, it Bribery. has words in it. I'm like, do you want to read the cereal box for your reading time today? I mean, boy, it, that, that's the thing about parenting, too. It's like you think you got it figured out, and life's like, oh, hold on real quick. <laughs> Let me show you how much you don't have it figured out. Isn't that the truth, though? And, you know, I remember that moment. We were all, we were camping, actually. And 
we were just taking some downtime and I looked out and every single one of my kids was just sitting or laying in the hammock or, or on, you know, with a book in their hand. Oh. And I remember the moment, that moment, because I thought, oh, I'm a success. Right. Like, <laughs> look at how good I did. Yeah. And then there were all those moments when I signed uh, reading logs. Mm-hmm that were fake <laughs> i would literally say if okay go grab me a, a, a handful of your books and then she would stack them on the island and i would sit there and i would just copy the titles <laughs> and the authors and yep i was that parent now i, I yeah. want to tell you yeah. that that child mm -hmm. had the highest gpa in her major in college <laughs> right okay yeah so she did eventually learn how to read and, yes. and learn how to read well. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't in second grade. Yeah. All of my kids know how to read well. They're very good readers mm -hmm. and all of them can read above grade level, which mm -hmm. as it turns out, doesn't mean shit if your kids don't want to pick up a book and read. That's right. <laughs> and, and that was the thing. Now with her, you know, with her, I don't know what it was really. She had a little bit of a speech impediment. Um, she was a lazy reader. I think eventually, and I'm not even sure that she loves to read books today the way that I have an, another daughter who literally devours. Like she, mm -hmm. she is the free Kindle thing. Oh yeah, because she will just read whatever she can get her hands on. Yeah, yeah. But my youngest man, um, it had nothing to do with intelligence. Mm -hmm. It had everything to do with she simply did not like to read. Yeah, I think about that often when I tell my, I mean, I enjoy reading. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like this thing that I'm so glad that two of my kids also enjoy because it's like a special thing, you know, sure. you want them to enjoy it. Um, and we actually did have a breakthrough recently with Owen. I went and bought him some books um, at Costco written by Henry Winkler, actually. And he like read 91 pages over the course no of a couple kidding. days. I mean, he really liked that one, but that is, that's an outlier. Don't think that happens sometimes. <laughs> um, but my husband did not read growing up. I mean, he read like what he absolutely had to for school, but mm -hmm. did not read for pleasure in any way, shape or form. Um, I read like every Nancy Drew book, every Babysitter's Club book, most of the boxcar children. I mean, I just love to read all the time. I read every Nancy Drew book. Yeah, I, I have them in my basement. <laughs> um, just waiting for the day that Paige asks me, Mom, I really want to read Nancy Drew. Did you ever hear of Trixie Baldwin? No. She was like a Nancy Drew. Oh, okay. Um, another s teenage sleuth kind of a person. I read all up. of those books too. Yeah. So so here's my husband, never reading a book, doing LAN parties with his computer and other nerdy friends, and me reading all the time. And I have an associate's degree, <laughs> and he has a PhD. Yeah. <laughs> so as it turns out... It, it's like, not indicative. Yeah. I don't think reading the Boxcar Children or Nancy Drew is like a future <laughs> indicator of success. Let's just put that out there. And might we just add that just the that there's no diminishment between the associate's degree and the PhD. You're both quite <laughs> successful in your own rights. Yes. So but it, uh, I think I think though pa parents all too often think this one little thing is going to be an indicator of like amazing future success. Yeah. And we we really we really can't go there with it. No, we can't. <laughs> and you know, I want to I think the whole point of this particular episode is making sure that everybody who's a parent walks away from this half hour understanding that you're not alone. 
Right. You're going to screw it up. And if you feel guilty, it's important to let go. Yes. So I teach one thing about this. And I say this, I probably say this a dozen times every single week. One thing I am 100% sure of Mm -hmm. is that every single day of my parenting life, Mm -hmm. I woke up with the intention of being the best mom I knew how to be in that moment. Not one time ever did I say, I think I'm just going to screw up my kids, make sure they need therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. I mean, have you ever even come across a parent that thinks like that? No. Yeah. No. So, and I, but I think I want, I want everybody to really plant that in your brain, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody, to my knowledge, wakes up with this idea that their goal is to twist the minds of their children. No. Yeah, no. Now, it happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but it that's, does. But that's accidental. Right. Right? It's, right? it's an accidental byproduct of something that you probably thought was a great idea. Well, we talked about this a long time ago that most people are just doing their best. They are. And yeah, so even though you're going to screw up your kids, and probably some of that is because you were screwed up by your parents. That's and right. they were screwed up by their parents. And so on and, and so, so on. on. But everyone is generally just doing their best. Yes. And, you know, you got some baggage you're dragging along and everyone tries to lighten the load over time and hopefully yes. they're passing on less to their kids. But Yeah, because you're learning, right? right. You're learning, but you'll make a different mistake. You of know? course. Uh, because there's different circumstances. And different children. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. What's one of your biggest, the, the thing that you might consider one of your biggest parenting fails? Um, it's a it's a way that I parent that I don't necessarily like, mm. but it it sadly comes very naturally to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a yeller. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm a yeller. I'm a screamer sometimes, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. Um, now, a lot of times my kids freaking deserve it. Let me just tell mm-hmm. you that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are infuriating at times, as are all children. Mm-hmm. Um, one time my neighbor and friend Jackie lives like the neighborhood that I live in is like a cul-de-sac out in the country and everyone's on like one acre. Right. So Mm -hmm. they're about, she's about a half an acre away from Mm -hmm. me to an acre, whatever. And I was so pissed at dinner one night. I don't even know. Like everyone was doing everything to get on my nerves. No one was listening. And I was like screaming my head off. And, and Jackie texts me. She's like, is everything okay over there? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was summer and the windows were open. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, yep, everything's fine. I'm just taking care of some business over here. <laughs> so I wish I wasn't a yeller. But uh, sometimes I have to be because sometimes they don't hear me until I'm, like, screaming. Yeah. I mean, they just don't listen. But uh, it, it's funny because my husband is not a yeller. Which is why we make a great parenting team. But um, I'm definitely the more high strung, you know, um, I'm more of the disciplinarian for sure. Mm-hmm. I yell most of the time. I hand out most of the punishments. Um, and well, <laughs> this is probably some people are going to be like, you are so messed up. By it. We <laughs> always say, who do you love more, mommy or daddy? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We're just joking with them. And they they laugh. You know, sure. it's always in, in good fun. But they always say me. They always say they love me more. I mean, they're, Dustin will be tickling them and he'll say, okay, now who do you love more? Mm-hmm. And then they'll say, 
dad and then they'll run away and they'll go just kidding mom you know like <laughs> so it, it's a big joke but he's like why do you love her she yelled like, <laughs> but they just do right i you know and um you know we'll we'll talk to them sometimes and he'll, he'll ask them and be like well you know don't don't you get mad at her because she yells and Paige goes no that's her job <gasps> that's her job oh so I think <laughs> even though surely I'm obviously the neighbors can hear me yelling at my children and they you know there's probably a, a more calm way to handle it so that's validation that you're a screamer right? <laughs> when your neighbors when your tell neighbors you. tell you yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um but apparently through the grace of God, maybe my children understand that this is my job mm-hmm. to yell at them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. some parents don't yell. And that's lovely for you, but I do. <laughs> well, it's definitely a style. Um, yeah. I can remember actually my mother saying, when did you become a screamer? So I must mm. have a yelling style too. Yeah. I, I'd be curious to know what my parents think. I think my son would say that. Um, but my son and his wife are not screamers. They uh, yeah. they parent yet. They have one kid. <laughs> yeah, I I think the yet is the operative word there. To be honest, um, they parent like so many people recommend um, this very intellectually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Um, Certainly, there were people when my children were little who also did this. I mean, it's not a new thing right. to to kind of get down on your kids' level, mm-hmm. eye them, yep. and say, I'm really sorry that you chose to make that decision. Yep. Now, I'm going to send you to your bedroom, blah, blah, blah. Right. And I would have said, get your ass upstairs right this minute. Right? I am saying so. So apparently, <laughs> that's my field too. But I have to tell you, my the thing that stands out most when I think about a parenting fail mm-hmm. is coming home from work. Yeah, to find that my daughter, who was probably thirteen at the time, mm-hmm. had done me the favor of doing the laundry. Oh no! Right? Oh no! Bless her little heart. She was so proud of herself. And she had washed the only cashmere sweater that I had ever bought myself. <laughs> I was I thought you were gonna say like red with white. No. no. It was equally disastrous in my mind. Yeah. I had spent like a hundred and seventy-five dollars. On a cashmere sweater, I had splurged to treat myself. It was at a pretty rough time in my life. Mm -hmm. And I had it in the laundry because I knew that when I took it down to the laundry room, I would separate it out. out. And of course, she didn't know. And the way that I behaved when I saw that sweater is one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. Yeah. And that poor girl watched as I turned into a lunatic and essentially just took it out on her, you know? And I mean, I apologized for that. And I have to tell you, I was, when I felt, when when we talk guilt, Mm -hmm. I felt deep shame over that moment, to be honest. I was, 
I was not a good mom right. in that moment. Yeah. And um, now I tried to rectify it. I tried to go up and apologize, but of course she cried herself to sleep that night. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I remembered as being horrible. She, I, I don't know. We haven't talked about it in years, but you know, the truth is when I, if it were to come up today, I would, I would acknowledge that that was not one of my finer moments. Yeah. You know, that she was just trying to do what she, a good deed. She was trying to make sure. my life easier. Yeah. yeah. And I screwed that up. Yeah. I've done, I've done some stuff like in the same vein. Um, but like you, I think apologies go a long way mm-hmm. with kids. I think some parents are hesitant to apologize to their mm-hmm. children. I agree. Yeah. And I don't know why, because you would apologize to an adult. Like, it just seems like, mm-hmm. how, why would there be a movable line with mm-hmm. that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll apologize to Henry, or usually it's Henry. Henry and I have the most tumultuous relationship. He's the one that's the hardest for me to parent. Um, and I have a good friend who also has a son, Henry. And so, mm. and her son is also the hardest for her to parent. Interesting. So we commiserate over that. Maybe sometimes. it's Henry's. Maybe it's Henry's. Hey, I know beware. T- <laughs> Don't name your kid Henry. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but there's just a lot of grace that can come from just saying you're sorry mm-hmm. and moving on. Mm-hmm. I mean, that. I think your point about if you would apologize to an adult, then you need to apologize to your yeah. kid. It doesn't infer weakness at all. My God. No, no. As a matter of fact, it takes such strength to admit that you were wrong, especially to a kid. Right. You know, in my opinion, especially to someone who is subordinate to you, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Because you're admitting that you're at fault to this person who thinks you're a hero. Right. Yes. Yeah. And it's super important for children to know that their parents are human. Of course. Now, not so human that you lean on them. Right. 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 But human that you make mistakes and that you can learn from them. I mean, in that moment... At the very least, you're demonstrating an important life skill. Yeah. And I and a lot of times I'll tell them why. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a really crappy day at work, and I'm still not over it. And I'm just, I just wanted to come home and for everything to go well. And when it didn't go well, I'm just mm-hmm. tired and exhausted. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And I'll often say, like, I'm sure you feel that way sometimes if you've had a really bad day at school or you had a fight with a friend and you just want to be left alone and you get irritated when I ask you to do a chore. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the same thing, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and it happens to everybody. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of humanity in that. Mm -hmm. Tremendous amount. So I want to tell a couple of stories that have to do with, um, with children's fantasies. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you guys get visited by Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny or the Tooth Fairy, it might be a good time for you to move your children to another space. Yep. Because when I think about parenting fails, this is a place I go often. <laughs> um, yeah. So <laughs> my son said to me once, and I think he was probably 10, maybe 9, um, because we had... Sarah, so she was maybe a year and a half, and I don't know if Aaron was in the house or not, but um, so it was Frank, and mm-hmm. then it was Sarah, and we'll say Aaron was a baby, and Frank came in and said, I don't believe in the Easter Bunny. Mm. 
And I said, really? And he goes, nope. And I said, well, you know, in order for the Easter Bunny to deliver, you have to believe. I mean, that's right. the belief is what creates the magic. Right. And he goes, well, I don't, I don't believe in the Easter Bunny. I said, okay, your choice. Ooh, challenge accepted. <laughs> so Sunday morning comes along. Next thing I know, Frank is shaking my shoulder, and there are tears pouring down his face. He's like, Mom, the Easter Bunny came for Sarah and Aaron, but it didn't come for me. Oh, no. And I said, you're kidding. He goes, no, there's no basket, nowhere to be found. I found them for the girls, but there's nothing for me. Oh. And I said, honey, I said, we had this conversation. I said, go look outside. Maybe it's outside. Right, right. And sure enough, outside the front door <laughs> was an Easter basket, very plain, basic Easter basket uh -huh. that said Frank <laughs> or Francis. We called him Francis then. Yeah. And he told me later that I was a horrible mother. <laughs> I, and maybe, maybe I was. I, I know I've been judged for that decision for a long time, but I really had this thing that if we were going to go to all this trouble to kind of offer this, this, um, I don't know, value added thing, right. In your sure. life that belief that at least believing in the magic or believing right. in the specialness of it was part of the prerequisite. Yeah. I have never jumped through as many hoops and lied consecutively as often as I have with the Tooth Fairy. Well, that's another one. <laughs> I I am, I can't, recently my daughter uh, lost a tooth and uh, she put it, she's right on the cusp of, you Believing. know. Mm -hmm. She's like, hey mom, don't forget the Tooth Fairy's coming tonight. Like, she looks at me like, wink, wink. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, well, I don't know why you're telling me it's not my problem, you know. Right. And so uh, we we went in there and she's asleep and I'm looking for this tooth and I can't find it. And so I go get my husband and I'm like, can you come in here and help me look for this thing? So he's getting his phone flashlight out and we're looking, we can't find it. And I'm like, he's like, I'm gonna have to pick her up. And I'm like, Ugh. I said, fine. So I said, well, what's the lie going to be if she wakes up? <laughs> so we're like, it was so good of you to have oh a, a strategy. I know. Apparently I'm an excellent liar. <laughs> so sure enough, she wakes up and I'm like, Paige, did you hear that? She's like, what? I said, we heard something. We thought you fell out of bed. So daddy came in to pick you up and move you to the middle of the bed. And she's like, okay. And so I'm like, we heard this really loud noise. And I'm just like, lie after lie after lie after lie. <laughs> so she gets up and she goes to the bathroom. And I'm like, did you, I said, did the tooth fairy come there? And she's like, I don't know. My tooth is on my dresser. I'm like, that bitch. Oh I'm my like, God. I'm like, we were in there for like so long. I'm like thinking, why is your tooth on your dresser? Like I'm getting like all mad. And she put it in this little sachet bag that she had and a little <laughs> note for the tooth fairy in the bag. I'm like, that is like 25 minutes of my life. I'm never getting back. Like rooting around on the floor looking for like a teeny little tooth with my phone flashlight. Oh, so yeah. Nightmare. I can't. Oh. That one gets me every time. <laughs> I can remember my middle daughter woke up one morning and said, the tooth fairy didn't come again. And like, 
Aaron, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe she just, maybe there's a million kids right now with teeth falling out of their head, right? So she goes downstairs. She's watching TV. There was a, like a, a bridge across our great room, you know, yeah. to the front yeah. foyer. Yeah. So you could see me walking to the kids' rooms. Uh-huh. And I came out of there with a laundry basket. But while I was in there, yeah. I went ahead and took care of the tooth fairy thing. Of course, doesn't she run right upstairs? Like literally right up there. She was suspicious. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And the next thing I know, I hear this whimpering. And I I go in her room and I don't see her. And I hear the whimpering again. It's coming from the closet. Okay. So I open the closet door and there she is sitting down on the closet floor with the tooth fairy envelope. I'd forgotten to take the tooth out. (laughs) But the the money was there. (laughs) And she goes, I know it was you. Oh. I know it was you. And she looked at me and she goes, does this mean Santa Claus isn't real? Oh. (laughs) Don't you hate it when they try to make connections like that? You're like, stop it. It was was rough. I mean, honestly, I think she was nine or ten yeah <laughs> so she was than, yeah she was totally clued in mm-hmm. but it was you know my fail was i forgot to, to take, take the, the damn tooth, tooth. i've done the thing i think you would have been better off uh, putting the money on the floor tucked totally. it under the bed i tried that once I, i'm like oh you dingling i'm like you it was right here you probably knocked it out of your bed yeah. silly girl like you know <laughs> oh no because you know what i did my dad set me up for failure. Mm-hmm. He taught me how to take a pencil and poke it in the envelope and unroll the flap okay. with a pencil yeah, so that I could take out the tooth and put the money in Okay, and then just glue the flap back down so it looked like the envelope was untouched. Because okay. you know, mm-hmm. I sealed like the, so I sealed that envelope with kisses and autographs because I wasn't good. If, right. If this was a new envelope, then I knew it was you. Right. Right? Yeah. My kids don't put them in envelopes. Yeah. Well, that's so smart. <laughs> I'm telling you, my dad <laughs> set me up for failure. Yeah. That's a that's a lot of complicated system yeah, right there. It was, yeah. I, I created a lot of... Yeah, a lot of complicated systems throughout the years. Yeah, what's let's see, what's another parenting fail? So I've had experiences where um, a a parenting fail, quote unquote, has occurred that has let me realize that I need to ease up in other areas. Has that mm. happened to you? So, mm-hmm. for example, uh, we were in my house. My I think Henry was napping, or Owen was napping. Henry was at school. I don't remember. Um, and Paige was down with me and she was two and she was playing on the, one of those little tykes roller coasters. Have you mm-hmm. ever seen those? They're, yeah. like, they're like a foot off the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and you put a little cart on top and then they go, wee down yeah. like two little tiny baby hills. Um, so we had that in our like front room, great room area, whatever. And she was standing on the top where you get on the, the thing. It's mm-hmm. a perfectly logical place for a kid to stand mm-hmm. and, um, not on the cart, just on the platform. Mm-hmm. And she jumped off intentionally jumped mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. and she landed and the way she put her arm down she broke her elbow and she broke her elbow to where she needed surgery and pins put in her oh my gosh and this is like jumping off of like literally 12 inches off the ground i mean this is crazy Mm -hmm. so i thought 
geez, if she can break her arm jumping off of a child's toy that is intended to be climbed on mm-hmm. in our living room under supervision, jeez, mm-hmm. just have at the monkey bars. I mean, what do you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, you never can really protect them enough, I guess. So, so it's just, that would be kind of like a, if you didn't let them go on the monkey bars because of that, that right. would have been a parenting out of fear kind of thing yes. right? that we talked about last yeah. week. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I just sort of was like, yeah, this is just going to happen. Like, yeah. This is just going to happen. Yeah. To be honest, I mean, so did you feel guilty initially? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think I did. I was scared and yeah. I was, you know, obviously like in a complete panic for her because um, I could tell that like something was wrong with her arm. And then, of course, when she went into surgery, Dustin and I were a mess, of sure, course, like sure. worried um, just because, you know, too, I wasn't really worried about the surgery. I was worried about the anesthesia. Of course, mm-hmm. but, um, no, I don't think I felt guilty. I don't think either of us felt guilty. We just I mean, kids kids have accidents yeah and and that's the point i was going to make because we're you know we're talking a little bit about fails and and guilt but oftentimes parents feel guilt over things that were accidental yeah right and like you said accidents happen right and i will say this again do not ever play the what if game (laughs) there is no winner ever to the what if game what if i hadn't have turn my back what if I hadn't have um looked away what if I hadn't have done all these things right yeah um and try to remember that in that moment it felt like it was the right thing to do yeah I can remember you know 35 years ago Frank was a baby playing in a playpen we were I was playing cards with my mom and her friends, and he was getting crabby. And we just had like one or two more hands we had to play out. Mm-hmm. So I reached for the closest thing I could find that made sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was a bottle of, I think it was a bottle of iron tablets. Okay. It's like a rattle sound that it would Exactly. Make. Yeah. It made a rattle yeah. sound. And it had a childproof cap on it, mm-hmm. right? And I gave it to him to play with. And we were playing. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, I thought, I don't want to hear the shaking. And I look over, and he's got red drool coming out of his mouth. <laughs> and he has tablets all over the plate pen. I literally was three feet away from him. Sure. Yeah. Um, and my mom said, look, those are just, I'm not going to hurt him. They're just iron tablets. Right, right. So I read the label, and of course it says, call poison control. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poison control. Told us to take him to the doctor. Who gave him syrup of epicac and then said, take him to the hospital so he can get his stomach pumped. We walked into the hospital and he projectile vomited across the room. (laughs) Yeah, that was a parenting fail. We were at the beach one time. Um, We're fortunate enough to live like two hours from the beach. And we're packing up and everyone, you know, we're giving everyone jobs. Owen was little. I forget how old he was, like three maybe. Um, get this, pack this up, get your shoes, da, da, da. we're putting away the umbrella and the beach cart and all this stuff. And I turn and I can't find no one. And mm. we're, we're pretty close to the water. So mm-hmm. I am like, at this point, like, Freaked out. I don't know that I've ever been more scared. Sure. Ever, maybe. Sure. Um, and I'm looking around, I'm looking around, and the other mothers were near, and they're like, he was just here. Like, other people knew that we were leaving, and they saw, and they're like, and I said, I feel like he went that way, like towards the boardwalk, but I couldn't 
not be near the water. Yeah. Like that, yeah. that, you know, I could not be near the water. And well, you don't know where to go because the, no. if you make the wrong choice, he's getting further away. Right. Yeah. But the water seemed like the more pressing place to right. be, obviously. So I, I just felt compelled to stay over there. But I was like, I feel like he's going that way. And I was like in a full out panic. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this, it was, it was the craziest thing because all these mothers jumped up and they're like, okay, okay. And they just like set out and start looking for him. Right. And this one lady came over to me and she's like, hold on, let's pray about this. And I, she goes, can I pray with you? And I said, fine, you know, yes, whatever. <laughs> and so she's praying with me and, um, no one was like judging us in that moment right? Mm-hmm. like everyone just wants to find the kid mm-hmm. and a lady you know, I, I don't know. It, the whole thing probably lasted like five minutes, which mm-hmm. is a really long time. It does. Yeah. And um, a lady, I see, she's walking. He did. He walked to the boardwalk. And she mm-hmm. handed him, she goes, you knew exactly where he was going. And it wasn't like, mm-hmm. you know, she she knew that I had said, I feel like he's going this way, but I could not leave the water. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know where he was going. It's okay. Here he is. No problem. You know, she's, hmm. but that was probably like the most serious parenting fail but is that really a fail i mean are you saying that it felt like a failure because you looked away right and the thing is though like i still i look away from him all the time like it's just it's just one of those unfortunate things that you know um i think the only thing that the only thing that you can do in my mind to really turn it from a parenting fail is just to say you know what okay i know that can happen so next time when we pack up I may be going to have him help me with whatever I'm doing. Yeah. And so you just change the way you're doing it. I mean, every other time that we went to the beach, we did it the exact same way and he never walked off. Right. Well, and I think that's what I wanted. The point I wanted to say is that's not, you know, I think being a parent teaches you so many things you didn't know you needed to learn. (laughs) Right. Just so many things. And the truth is, Children, especially curious children, are going to explore. That's what they do. Right. And if you've created a safe environment for that allows them to explore, they don't know that they shouldn't do it then in that moment. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. And so we have to, I do agree, we have to be cognizant of that. But I don't think it's healthy to take it to the extreme where you're so afraid that you make them stand still you know sure sure. in busy places you know hold hands don't go anywhere by yourself it's good to have those kind of rules just Mm -hmm. for your own peace of mind yeah but if i think it's more of a i didn't know i needed to be worried about that and and when you did learn that you needed to think about their safety then you create a plan so that they can be safe but but don't take it to one from one extreme that that was me as a failure as a mother versus I'm so afraid that it will happen again and and then you're weirded out when we were getting ready to go to Disney World uh, one time Paige I can't remember how old she was Um, but I guess that's what happens when you're the middle child but uh, (laughs) anyway I, I told all the children make sure they know my cell phone number and Owen I think was a little too young at the time to know it but Paige knew it mm-hmm. and I I went over the plane and I said look it's real easy to get separated at Disney World it's real easy to get found though every single person in Disney World has a phone mm-hmm. all you got to do is walk up to mm-hmm. a parent with a kid mm-hmm. and say I got separated from my mom can you call her or mm-hmm. text her mm-hmm. and I said I'll have my phone on me you give them my number They'll call me up. I'll answer the phone and we'll be reunited in a second. Yep. I said, you don't even have to find a worker. You can just find another parent. They're going to totally understand. Yep. 
And sure enough, that was we were, brilliant. We were waiting in line at the Indiana Jones um, thing, the stunt thing, and we were in line. And it, you know how those those big lines go where there's a whole mm-hmm. bunch of people. Yeah. It's not yeah, like yeah. single fi- single file. Um, and I couldn't find Paige. And I looked around and I I thought, eh. and I pulled out my phone. And she, like the moment I pulled my phone up, my phone rang. How about that? And it goes hi you know i have your daughter Paige here and i said oh okay i said we're in line and she goes okay she goes well i'll walk a little forward and i'm sure we'll run into you and so she did and she's like your daughter was amazing she was not worried she came up to me she gave me her number she knew it you know and i said yeah. well we went over this plan a lot and she yeah. goes, it was just amazing and so th- smart Leslie. yeah but i think having been separated from mm-hmm. owen mm-hmm. at one time at taught Paige, you something yeah i was just okay you know we're probably at some point gonna get separated mm-hmm. like we just need mm-hmm. to have this plan in place mm-hmm. um because you know and the other thing is we're outnumbered yeah and you know you know yeah. that you're outnumbered yeah i mean it's gonna happen yeah and three so kids we, two parents yeah, yeah we were prepared yeah yeah we prepared. such a great idea i remember teaching we had this little nursery rhyme thing and my girls would sing it. And it was, mm-hmm. my name is Sarah. This is my address. Blah, 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 da, 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 da. Right. So that she could kind of do the same thing. Exactly. You know, yeah. but you're 100% right. Today mm-hmm. in our culture, everybody has a cell phone. Right. If you find an adult mm-hmm. and know your phone number, you're good to go. Yeah. And I tell my kids, find a parent because... They're going to understand yes. the urgency with which being separated from your kid, you know, how serious that is and how it feels. Yeah. Um, and hopefully parents are a little safer than non-parents. But, Truly. You yeah. know, you never know. But yeah. So, yeah, hopefully with some of these stories, everyone realizes that they're in good company, A. Yes. <laughs> and B, that there's just really not a lot of room for guilt because, quite frankly, that's a lot of guilt. <laughs> yeah, it's way too much guilt. And as a matter of fact, that's our try this at home this week is to think about really letting go of the parenting guilt. Now, if you can say, I really believe that was the best decision that I knew how to make in that moment, right. let go of the guilt. Yeah. If you can see it as an accident and you didn't know what you didn't know, let go of the guilt. Right. Um, par- guilt has no place in a healthy parenting style. Um, and if you make a mistake, apologize. Yeah. It, it really is that easy. Guilt just ties you to it forever. Exactly. And, there, you know, when you're so busy being tied down by things that happened in the past, I mean, it really takes up way too much of the, the now. It really does. Yeah. It does. So that really is it for our discussion today. Folks, we hope that you will share this with people you love and other parents that you know. As always, we are super grateful that you took time to listen. Next week, we're going to be talking about discipline and teaching responsibility, maybe taking away some of that entitlement that a lot of kids are uh, feeling these days so that we hope you will join us then. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear them. And you can reach out to us on our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and on our website, uh, where you can also subscribe so that you hear every episode that we have. If you're inclined, we would love for a review on Apple Podcasts. And for now, this is Leslie and Leslin, hoping you will try this at home. 
All perspectives and opinions expressed during this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. There is no direct or indirect intention to provide psychotherapy or mental health services. If you are seeking counsel for individual circumstances, please consult with a local health professional.